Thanks so much for downloading the Have A Word podcast. We really appreciate it. This is the public episode. goes out every Monday. Did you know we do an extra episode? comes out every Wednesday. It's the Patreon exclusive. So to become a patron, to essentially subscribe to the podcast, you can do it from as little as £3 a month. Once you signed up, you will get the early release of the public episode. At least 24 hours early, you'll get to watch it in video form. You can also get discounts on merch, discounts on future live shows. There's loads of extra little weird stuff we put on there. But the big one is the extra episode every week in video and audio form it's like an hour and a half long recently and it's some of our favorite podcasting it's sponsor free we don't have adverts on it it's just me and adam really letting it loose because it's just for the patrons it doesn't go out on the normal internet and honestly we've looked around at what other comedians and other podcasts are putting out on their patreon this is one of the best deals in a patreon game for the equivalent of basically buying me or adam a pint to say thanks for the pod you get all of this shit sign up at patreon Patreon.com slash have a word pod. Really appreciate it. Now, I'm getting the word nuts. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. Who the fuck is that guy? Have you never seen me before? When she picked up every time she started to talk, give her the dick. Disgusting! She'll be like, hello. What? Oh, what, what, what I'm doing? This when you get it. What I'm doing? So nothing. Coming to you from the soon-to-be world-famous Havaward Studios, hidden away in the scenic hills of sunny Rancon, England. These are the funniest leads in the podcast game. Adam Rowe, Dan Nightingale, and Sensei Carl, with full HD video episodes on YouTube. Cha! Upset me! Don't be a rat. Download, subscribe, and tell a friend. It's the one and only Havaward. <laughs> thing is if you go really deep you can actually damage their bowels all right i don't really want to talk about your dad anymore <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh, i just got head rushed <laughs> <laughs> i knew you were doing it so i was like right i'm literally gonna let you put the ball in my court and then i'm gonna fucking volley it back Shut up! Oh, it's bonus time. Welcome to the bonus whatever fucking thing this ends up being. It is what it is. It is what it is. Where uh, is it? Because you missed me. It's because I felt like you needed to do a podcast. <laughs> I got I got on holiday on Saturday morning, and I literally in the on the drive, Etta was asleep, and Laura was listening to a podcast. By the way, I'm so jealous when she listens to other podcasts. What when Laura does? I would rather she got fucking smashed in by the local lacrosse team, <laughs> Cheshire Bands. I hate it when I hear fucking shag married avoid annoyed. Yeah. I, the, when I hear the Rams, even though I know Chris, yeah. he's a mate, and I'm like, you dirty. Yeah, bitch. but that's worse. You'd rather your missus fuck a fucking stranger than one of your mates, wouldn't you? Oh, oh, I just think they're so good. Rosie Ramsey's so good. I'm like, oh, you're cheating on me, pod wise. <laughs> <laughs> she was listening to a pod 
got to Wales, I'd had an hour driving. I was like, right, this is what I think we should do with the pod. I think the next step is like, I'm literally unpacking into a static caravan going, Adam, Carl, this is what I think we should do. I'm like trying to get hyped. I'll be like, I really felt like I was one message away from you going, Dan, just have a holiday, dickhead. <laughs> well, I see in, in the in the little group chat we have now, which is me, you and the sensei, who's not here today. First time in a while, it's just old school, just me and you. Uh, what is it like fucking June over here? You know when you log into your WhatsApp because I have my WhatsApp notifications off because I'm in so many group chats that my phone would be pinging constantly and it drives me mad. But I logged into WhatsApp and you'd sent about 17 unanswered messages and all of them paragraphs as well. There wasn't like a little three-word thing. It was just, and I was like, oh, Dan's missing the podcast. He's in a fucking caravan park in Wales and he just wishes he was on a fucking industrial estate in Runcorn. I was like, pick a picture, guys. This is what I, I just think we've got it. Like, we're in a position now where we can crack on. You're like, all right, knobhead, get the fucking sandcastle made. Enjoy time with your family. You came back from your holiday early though? Yeah. Why? Because they don't podcast. <laughs> What's the fucking point of them? What's You're the point signing of them? a caravan in Wales with your headphones on going, Etta, nonce! <laughs> so, I'll explain. Basically, with the holiday, we had really nice weather. Yeah. And then the weather went. Yeah. We hadn't paid for the static. It's fucking Laura's bosses. We were like, should we just bounce? We'd had three and a half days of beautiful holiday. The weather went shit. We're like, it's like that was like being on holiday in the Mediterranean because you'd not paid for it and you're an yeah. hour and 40 minutes from it was like being on holiday in the Mediterranean and then someone just going oh sorry you've woken up in Rill <laughs> yeah you were in Mallorca and it was July but now how many people in North Wales in fucking November how many people would take that option though you know when you book a holiday for two weeks that 10th day how many people would just go fuck it I'm going up if they had the option to just tap out and it cost them nothing yeah I if think you could just do it if you could just go and yeah if you could just be like I'm home yeah. so many people on the 10th day of a two week holiday would just fuck off death out I think you can ruin a lot of things by dragging it out yeah. And I'm not saying you want to be one of those persons like, right, fucking last like mouthful of the tiramisu, drop the fork and be like, everyone up, we're out, fuck <laughs> it. Like, I, I get it, but with a holiday that's been going so well and then the weather goes shit, you're like, mate, we've got a house to renovate essentially. So we, we tapped out. I've, uh, mate, talking about Etta and the podcast, no context, have a word. <laughs> This was your fault. So whoever runs the no context, have a word. And we know, we're pretty sure this is only going, going to go out to Patreon, this podcast episode. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We don't know what this is going to be, really. Um, it depends it depends what we achieve on it. If, yeah. we, if we do what we set out to achieve, yeah. then it's going to go on Patreon. But when, then again, we, <laughs> I don't know. I it don't feels know too it important. Like we're, we're here to yeah, talk some mental health point. shit, which we'll get to. It might no, be too important. Yeah. Also, the email we got, which has started the conversation about that wasn't on Patreon. That right, was an email. Yeah. Okay, so, right, so maybe okay. this goes public, but even if it is just on Patreon, we know whoever runs No Context Have A Word is a Patreon. Now, I love No Context Have A Word because for some reason, all the worst ones are him. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the latest one? No, I fuck kids. I love fucking kids. I just want to fuck kids. You said something like that. In oh. context, obviously. No, not as bad as just on its own. Well, no, that's the thing, isn't it? It's all in context, and I love an ad-libbed character. <laughs> if anything, it's why I enjoy podcasting so much. The two mediums I think I'm best at are answer phone messages, WhatsApp, WhatsApp voice messages, yeah. answer phone messages. For some reason, you give me that, like, I'm just going to be a knob for a minute, yeah, 40 seconds, and podcasting. 
But if you take things out of context, it's funny, isn't it? It's so funny. I wasn't laughing yesterday. <laughs> I'm still not laughing about it now, and I know it's, it's funny. So funny. I'm not ready. So, you're too close to the elephant because it's about I you. I was in a soft play car park. <laughs> we were early. We were, oh God, it's giving me, it's like making me feel warm and anxious. We were early. Like, Laura's stressed, tired, unpacking, fucking making a meal of it. I was like, I'm going to take Etta to Zippy's soft play. Also, soft play's fucking great at the moment because there's only like, instead of like packing in kids, like it's feral usually. Saturday morning at soft play is a shit show. And you've also got older kids twatting into younger kids. It's hard work. Like Christmas Eve in oh, a city centre. Fucking, yeah, it's that. It's horrible. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you can only have eight children with eight from with one parent. You just you're like in an empty soft play that's full now. Sat in the car park, just like just gonna kill three or four minutes. I'll check. I'll check Twitter. Oh no, context. Have a word. Oh, it's Adam's. Just got some likes already. This must be a funny one. I can't even remember what I've been listening. Oh, me and Etta had had music on in the car, but I'd played it via. YouTube on my phone so I had it up full volume I never have my phone volume on full volume because I use it for round the house and porn so it's always sneaky super low yeah <sighs> you need some earphones for that shit though porn's full, only really good at full blast vo full volume oh, it's getting annoying like nah, nah, shut up what who are you watching I like I like whispery <laughs> porn like shut up <laughs> full volume Etta, because we've just killing time, I've unplugged her from the seat. She's like, Daddy, I want to sit in the front seat. Come closer to the phone. <laughs> I fuck kids! That loud. This this is a three and a half year old who's fucking bright, confident, good with her words and loud. She went, Daddy, you said a bad word to kids. <laughs> I went, I literally, I nearly... I, if, she got what I said. She didn't. She knows. So I have to apologise now. Tra bad traffic. She goes, and I go, fuck. She's like, daddy, that's a naughty word. And I have to go. I'm very sorry. I apologise. At her. I say sorry. You don't say naughty words. Like, daddy, you do not say naughty words. I was like, no. She didn't just hear the swear word. She heard the I kids. Yeah. She went. You did a swear to kids. She literally got what was said. Yeah. If I'd have, if I could have crumpled my phone. By the way. Can we just <laughs> chef's kiss to uh, whoever runs the no context have a word? And I still if you don't, don't know. If you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, if you're just a, a casual listener of the pod or whatever, it's the end of me. The, whoever's doing it. There's a Twitter account called No Context Have a Word, and a few people have messaged saying they think it's us doing it. I can assure you, it absolutely is not. It's not Carl either. We know for a fact it isn't because I've checked everything on his phone. It's a listener. It's an avid podcast listener who takes some of the stuff we say out of context. And the fact that you got him to play that in the car with his child there is harrowing for him and world-class Puskas Award-winning goal for me. I think it's... F and it's your fault. And it's funny, but it's too real and I can't laugh yet. Well, I am telling you right now, it's the funniest thing that's happened with this podcast so far, which is saying a lot. And the fact that you 
thought for any moment that you could play a no context have a word. Go and f if you haven't go to no context have a word right now. Just pause this, whatever you're watching it on or listening to it on, and go to Twitter. Go to no context have a word and listen to them all. And then you will be with me, and you'll be saying he's a fucking dickhead I am. for press and play. There's there's no good ones. There's none that there's not one no context have a word that Etta could listen to and be like, Daddy, that was really funny. <laughs> right, that needs context as well. On a very early episode, I did the impression of Madora and he went, she sounds Bangladeshi. She's not actually Bangladeshi. I was so scared as we ran into soft play, I had to give her a pep talk going, we do not say bad words. And we do not say, repeat what was... I thought she was going to literally run into soft play. Yay! And then just go to the first random parent and child and go, my daddy fucks kids. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, no context have a word. I'm not joking. It was, it's, I know it's funny. I haven't laughed yet, even though I'm retelling the story because I genuinely think it could be social services involved. And when Laura hears the explanation, she's come, I'm sorry. Why do we now have to sit attended by a social worker with our kids. And I'll be like, because I'm a bellend and I have a comedian mate who's a bellend and then a bellend listener who's good on fucking audio editing. See, here's the thing, right? If this podcast- Funny rat. Get your kids taken off yeah, I will struggle to not find that funny. There's <laughs> more time for podcasting, isn't it? We're doing three a week. We're doing three a week. That's the, the definition of childcare when it's a fucking foster parent in Wilmslow. <laughs> You got childcare, yeah? She's with June. <laughs> she's with seven she, cats. We, we don't have babysitters. She's got new parents. Ah, <laughs> uh, I am. Um, I did some gigs in Leeds at the weekend, uh, which were very funny. We're on a barn, and when I got there, the guy running it, Dean, uh, who works for Get Comedy, who runs some amazing things. By the way, if you're local to Yorkshire, uh, they're, they're running more of them. It's GardenGigs.co.uk. I just want to give them a big shout out because it was fucking brilliant. It, they were so much fun, and they managed to make a barn in the middle of nowhere feel like a comedy club. It was it gorgeous. It looked great. It was fucking... The early show was really good, and the late show was phenomenal. The late show was fucking brilliant. But there was a kid there with his mum. It was a kid. The kid was 12. And Dean was like, hey, just so you know, if you don't mind afterwards, could you get a photo with uh, Max? And I was like, yeah, sure. He went, yeah, he's a really big fan of the podcast. And I was like, how old is he? 12. I was like, this is not for 12-year-olds. What kind of fucking parent would let their child listen to this? What kind of parent would let their 12-year-old child listen to this podcast and then bring them to see me live after it? And it turns out it was a woman who you did stand up for at her wedding. It's Carrie Cheeseman. <laughs> Do you know, I've gigged for a lot of people over the years, and I've met a lot of people at gigs. But if you have the surname Cheeseman, and I, I will never forget you. And it's literally part of the reason I played their wedding is because they were like, listen, we want you to do the Cheeseman wedding. And I was like, what? The wedding of the Cheesemans? I'll be there. And we did the hi-fi. We did the hi-fi. And they paid me like 200 quid to just come to the hi-fi like two hours earlier than I would have been anyway. They dragged their whole wedding to a comedy club from wedding, instead of going like wedding to reception, they went wedding, comedy club reception. That cool as fuck is phenomenal. And I am going to do the same for my wedding. <laughs> Whenever I find- Big announcement. One. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I was only in North Wales for five days. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was great. I ripped it for the first two rows. 
Like they were like, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> and then, oh, there was one granddad. I assume he was like great uncle fucking Moody. Oh, he no like my comedy. Oh, it was amazing. Ripped it. Fucking family of hatred. There was and they were like, no, they loved it. I was like, no, Cheesemans. No, they did not. They fucking hated it. But it was fine because they wanted it so much and it made it worthwhile. But weddings are, if you're a new comic, tread carefully. Well, interesting that comes up, really. Uh, because, again, at I those Leeds gigs... I they brought their kid to the fucking gig. It was just her and the kid. The, the dad wasn't there. Um, Stephen Cheeseman. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is his dad. <laughs> um, so, at the same gigs, a couple come up to me afterwards and was like, uh, we just want to ask, do you do private bookings? And if so, how much do you charge? And I went... The answer is not really. Now, we we get the odd message about this from people who listen, like, oh, we'd love you to come and do this and whatever. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? Because I think, having had this conversation with these people, I think people don't really understand why comedians don't like doing it. So I want to talk about it for a sec, okay? So they were like, do you do them? And I was like, the answer's not really. I essentially charge so much for them that no one ever books me because I don't want to do them. So I charge so much money that even if it's dreadful, I won't care. And they were like, well, what do you mean? They said, because uh, we've we've asked so many other comedians, and one the, the guy, I don't know their names. Um, I do think they listen to the podcast, though. He's like, you know, we asked uh, a couple of comics, and we offered them, you know, like two and a half grand to come and do our wedding. And uh, What? And uh, they were like, oh, uh, sorry, I'd, I'd want more than that. And I was like, well, I'm looking around the room that we've just watched you do stand-up in, and there's no way you're making two and a half grand from this. So why are you turning it down at me wedding? And I went, well, I would do the same, and here's why. It's because at a comedy club, right, you turn up, everyone in the room, or most of the people in the room, has paid to see comedy, and they're expecting comedy, and there's stage lights, there's a microphone plugged in, there's a sound system, everyone is sat facing the stage, everyone knows what's about to happen, and that makes a gig so much easier then if you go to a wedding, there's people there who don't really want to be there and just felt obliged to go because you're family. There's people who absolutely want to be there but just want to watch you do your first dance and cut the cake. And there's old people who are like, this is not comedy. The comedy was different. You used to tell jokes and you couldn't say cunt, but you could say the P word. That granddad at the <laughs> And Preach. it's so badly unplayable and also your wedding is such it's the best day of your life or it should be for a lot of people and as a comic I'm like there's no way I'm not going to ruin this also I don't like I do what I do I'm not going to let anyone tell me oh come and do our wedding please but please don't talk about that or about that if you book me you're getting what you get and I'm not necessarily the most family friendly comedian on the planet so I was like look I know if I come to your wedding you two are going to love it. If you've if you've seen me here and listened to my podcast and gone, we want Adam Rowe to play our wedding, you're going to love it. And maybe 10% of your friends and family are going to love it. But then there's going to be a few people who are ambivalent and there's going to be a lot of people who weren't expecting comedy, didn't know it was on, don't like what I do, and are going to get quite upset because I'm going to say cunt in front of children. So because of that, I you can look around this barn and go, right, there's 100 people in and... Uh, Everyone's paid 15 quid. So at most, he's getting 1,500 quid. But that doesn't take into account the promotion. I wish you were like the that. Gig. Wouldn't it be good? <laughs> but the basic math of it means there's a maximum of 1,500 quid in that budget. And I can't be possibly getting more than that. And I can understand you looking at that and going, right, let's say he's getting a grand. Why wouldn't he do our wedding for two and a half? And I went to a mate. I wouldn't do it for five. And I really wouldn't. I would not do it. 
he he absolutely would, of course he would. I, but you've got those gears that I haven't, and you will play the room more than I will. Mate. For 10 grand, I would think about it. And they were like, right. They went, every other comedian we've asked has just gone, oh, it'd be seven grand. Oh, it'd be five grand. Oh, it'd be this, right? And we've never really understood why they're, they're asking us for so much money. I My, my marker is 10. And it's not because I, I'm absolutely not in a position to turn down £2,000 for a gig. I'm not. I'm yeah. really not. Like, if you looked at my bank, you'd be like, you need to be taking £500 for a wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. COVID has hit us all. Like, we're getting by, but fuck me. It's, it's been depleted. A in the nuts. Um, I'm in no position to turn that down, really. But I can't live with the fact that if I do stand up at your wedding and it ruins your wedding because your auntie gets pissed off or Nana gets pissed off or Grandad has a heart attack because he hears me say cunt in front of women and he's like, no, you don't say that in front of ladies. I can't kill your Grandad and then live with myself unless you give me money to make myself feel better about it. If they if they said, look, we're wealthy yeah, and we do private parties for our mates... <clears throat> we love and then they listed Mickey Flanagan Andrew Maxwell James Acaster Bill Burr will you come and do our private party at our big fucking house for two two and a half grand you'd be like what's the difference between that and a wedding you're like because I'd be ruining ruining a party <laughs> with your fucking Tory mates. <laughs> that is different from a wedding. A wedding is a corporate gig is essentially two and a half grand to ruin someone's fucking yeah. works do. I yeah. don't give a fuck. You don't want to be it. I don't want to be it. We're all here for money. No one's like, going, oh my God, it's the awards do. We just love it because we're so passionate about graphic design. Fuck off. I'm there for the money, but weddings are yeah. high risk. I would do your funeral for less money than I would do your wedding. Mate, for, for two and a half grand, I'd play a fucking Taliban training camp. <laughs> I'd be like, Salam alaikum, yeah. my friends. Who's drinking? My corporate rates are very, very, very Anyone? low. Anyone? Like, my agent sends some stuff through and they're like, we think we can get you some more money from this. I'm like, don't fucking highball them. Let's just take that. And I'm very happy. But it's just weddings. Weddings to me are just the biggest no-no in the world. So I literally, I've always priced myself out of it because I know I absolutely know that what I do is in no way worth £10,000 to anybody. But if anyone's ever fucking stupid enough to go, not a problem, mate, I'm a millionaire, then I will happily ruin your wedding and put a deposit down on a house. But until that happens, I'm not playing a wedding. Totally. And I just felt like our listeners might be like, should we get Adam and Dan to come and do a podcast at our wedding? Which I'd be far more open to, by the way. That'd be funny as fuck. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Can you, we love the pod. Can you come and do a podcast record? At the wedding? No! Because yeah. no one needs to shout nonce at a wedding. No, but I would do that, you know. I fucking... I I've done it again. I've I, just given him another... Oh, you gave him... It. By the way, no context have a word. If they're as genius as they appear to be from the cutouts, from you talking about the fact that... You, yeah. you were upset with what he did. You gave him about four or five new coats. At one point, you went, Etta said, can I get in the front seat? And then I said, I fuck kids. You literally said that before. You it's fine. I've unfollowed it. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I've, I literally can't. I, 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 I don't, don't want to lose my, my, my marriage with my wife. It will give it will be like my life's goal now to get you to watch every single one. <laughs> oh, it's <sighs> good to be back, isn't it? It is. It's so nice just talking fucking bullshit. This feels like i love carl being here and i love having the guests here this feels weirdly like remember this 
<laughs> I haven't seen you for a week. And we'd, it's like, it's literally like a little bit of time travel. Obviously, the surroundings. Do you remember <laughs> the 21st <laughs> night of January <laughs> when we used to do it in your cupboard? One a week, come round to my spare room and we'd be like, right, this is what we'll do. And now it feels like, we just said before the podcast, like, it's how the weirdest time passage there, isn't it? That feels like three years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird, isn't it? This year feels like, and this is almost like a cliche hack thing to say, it has dragged and flown. Do you know what I mean? Like, that feels like three years ago. I don't really remember coming to your house to do podcasts. It feels that long ago. I barely remember doing them via Zoom during the lockdown. I feel like we've been here for about a year and a half. We've we been doing the podcast so nine months. So many via Zoom. Six a week for eight weeks. Also, we're like nine three weeks. months away from Christmas, and I'm like, where the fuck has this year gone? How have we packed? So Tiger King feels like it was in 2001. <laughs> it was so long ago <laughs> when we watched a gay man married two not gay men <laughs> and went, fucking tigers are mental, aren't they? I didn't even finish it. I got two episodes in and fucked it off. That was so funny because I remember if you if you've done the, all the episodes, you, you'll you'll hear it get mentioned a few times. What you don't know is behind the scenes, Adam was like, "Right, lockdown, people aren't going to be doing much. We've not got much to talk about. Definitely watch Tiger King." I was like, "All oh, right," he was like, "You need to watch it." So I watched it. I was like, "Should we talk about it?" He was like, "Ah, no, watched it." <laughs> um, this is the mad thing. I don't want another lockdown, and I think it would be. I immoral lonely. and economically suicide. Part of me, part of me, I've, I've had moments in the last couple of weeks where I'm like, there's too much going on here. <laughs> like, on a very selfish level, if they locked it down again, I'd be like, oh, a bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> and by the way, and I'm going to say this definitively now, anyone who's like, I keep hearing lockdown. Maybe we'll get shut down dailies. You won't. You won't. And I know why you want it, but it's not best for the pod or me or Adam. Like what we're doing now, this is an extra one because we want to do it. And that can still happen. And maybe that will happen a bit more regularly. But to commit to that schedule of podcasting, it fucks up. It fucks up the rhythm. It fucks up the chemistry. It, it means that we run out of things to say. And it, I think it affects the standard. Like, it, it, does. it works like this. I do think it, it is worth saying, though, because we've got quite a lot of new listeners now. And I know uh, there's, if you're quite new to the podcast, if you've only been sort of on board for the past couple of weeks or whatever, I know some of you have gone back to the beginning and you've been smashing through like six episodes a day. And that's fucking phenomenal. But also, there is quite a lot of people who've just gone. Uh, I started listening when Stephen Tries was on and I've just watched the, the ones after that. that guy's gold dust. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about with these shutdown dailies, during lockdown, the original lockdown from like March until a few months ago, me and Dan did an episode of this podcast every single day and it really helped grow this podcast and it's put us in a position to sort of get this studio and stuff. Um, but it was, you know, it was tough at times. Like, I don't want to... Everyone's had it tough. I'm not complaining in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, to, to have an entertaining conversation with the same person every single day at the same time. So we won't be doing that. If people are like, oh, we're, there's another lockdown coming, but that means we get more daily have a words. You won't, but you will get a little bit more content out of us, probably. You, at the minute, you, we do quite a lot of podcasts, and you get about four... If you are a Patreon member, 
And if you're not, I mean, what the fuck are you waiting for at this stage? It's three quid a month, which is... I paid £3.20 for a coffee on the way here. For three quid a month, you... You can also pay five or ten, and there's extra benefits for that. But everyone from three, five, and ten pound, you get an extra episode every week, which is like an hour and a half of content, and you get early access to everything public that we do. And the public episodes are like two, two and a half hours long. So we are clocking four hours of podcast there. When we were doing the six a week, we took Sundays off. Some days they were like 50 minutes. Like we are doing a lot of content. It's not going to be daily because, and we, Mental health-wise, I think that puts a strain on you and me. People love this pod because they come to it. I think they love it for a lot of reasons. It's fun. We're mates. They can yeah. tell that. We're very honest. Sometimes too honest, as he nearly loses his kids to social services. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I can't, I don't want to lose that fun. I don't want to lose the fun, is what I'm trying to and say. And it sort of brings us on nicely to why we've come here today. So... <laughs> If if you're a regular listener, you'll know normally we put a public episode out on Monday and the Patreon goes out on Wednesday. Um, and Patreons get access to the Monday episode a few days early. But this is a little extra thing because over the past couple of episodes, we've touched on a few things. So one of the things we, we, we spoke about was the fact that it was the anniversary of my mum's death. And I'd put a photo on uh, Instagram and Facebook uh, just talking about my mum and the, the way I've dealt with it or not dealt with it, it is probably more accurate. And I got a lot of messages from the photo. I've had even more messages about the episode where I spoke about it. Um, and we've also spoke about like the impact on people's mental health that these lockdowns and the COVID regulations are, happen- are having. And there's also a few uh, <laughs> a few other things that we'll get onto in a bit. Uh, like I-, I had a conversation with a girl the other day who I'm not going to name, but she's given me permission to tell the story <laughs> of a conversation I had with her. But... You know, first of all, I want to say thank you to every single person who has messaged me personally about the photograph I put up of my mum, the post about my mum, but more specifically, the episode. I've had so many people get in touch and say, I lost my mum when I was young and I don't think I've ever really dealt with it or I lost my mum and this is how I dealt with it. And I haven't actually... I've been sort of overwhelmed by it. I haven't replied to that many people yet because there's so many of them. I I, I promise you all, whether it takes me a month or six weeks, I'm going to reply to every single one of you in detail, personally to each message that I've got. I promise you that. it They, they are coming and I'm sorry. I have read them all. Even if it doesn't come up that I've read them, because I, I get a lot of like message requests to me Instagram and stuff there's hundreds of messages there I've read every single one and I've got a bit teary at times because it feels very weird this is primarily a bullshit podcast and if you're a regular listener you know that this is fucking high speed bullshit nonsense and we made a decision quite early on with this we were going to stay as far away from politics as we can we're not going to do that today and we, we were going to stay away from sport because we wanted this to be a break away from the things that make people angry we wanted you to be able to turn our podcast on and it just be an escape and just be funny and that's why this is an extra episode and we haven't done what we're doing here today on a normal episode because it's a we've we've spoke a little bit there for about half an hour about some bullshit but it's it feels like this has to be slightly off the pace of what we normally do doesn't it because getting messages about your dead mum is just not necessarily the the biggest place or the place that the most humour is going to live. But it is touching. And the fact that talking about her 
has touched other people and made them reach out or people have even said like I now feel like I can talk about my mum just because I've heard you talk about yours and having that feeling it's it's so humbling and oh I can't really I've got shivers going down my spine now because it, it's it, it's been really really humbling is the word I haven't really got another word for it and it's we want to be able to say that if you're a regular listener to this or you're not, if you're a casual, we don't really care. If you if you listen to this and anything we say strikes a nerve with you or, you know, if it if it makes you feel like you can say something or if you've got something you want to talk about with us because your close friends you don't know how to tell them or your family you don't know how to tell them, you can email us. You can send us a message on Instagram. You can you can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want. It's haveawaredpod at gmail.com. That's always the best we place. We get a lot of emails, by the way. We get a combination of just random abuse, of yeah. like banter. We, we, I don't think we've ever had a shitty email in, no. in nearly a year, in like 10 months. We get people doing the banter with us, commenting on uh, like a story we've told or telling their version of a story. We get would you rathers. We get suggestions for all sorts. We get people emailing and I don't respond. Like I do a lot of the emails. I respond to some. If you've sent something and you feel like, oh, you didn't, you didn't message me back, please know that some, some days we can get 25, 30 emails. Over the course of a week, it can be a few hundred over the course of a month, I clear some of the stuff that we get in. It's a shit ton of emails, so we we don't respond to everything. We do read everything, though. We uh, literally we read every email, everything. But a lot of them, and and obviously with with Adam talking so candidly about his mum and his mum's death and how he's dealt with it and grief and and all of that. In, in mentioning that, we also talked about just people's general health because the lockdown has been 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 mooted, and we all know that that we went through a lot personally we've been talking about it in, in terms of the pod and how it was we talked about it during the lockdown they're all there on Podbean it was before we did the videos it's just in audio it was like a diary of two lids like trying to not fucking fall to bits and we talked about we talked about our situation but we started getting emails about people's mental health and I think what we tried to do with this podcast in the start was to be funny, make each other laugh. We literally said, if we can keep each other interested or make each other laugh. If like, I can make a headline comic yeah. laugh, then there's going to be people watching this who can't breathe laughing. But we're not always trying to do shtick. We don't come on here going, ah, this would be really funny. We're just trying to be honest and genuine. And I think that strikes a chord. And when we were going through the lockdown the first time, we talked about your health anxiety, everyone's mental health. And we started getting emails quite regularly about what this pet pod meant to people. And in those emails, people have been, and they've literally said, please don't read this out. This is just something I need to tell you. And what I've noticed is because we've talked about mental health a little bit more recently, we've got more of these emails. We get so many more messages about serious stuff than we do funny like we yeah. well no that's not true we get it's a lot it's about it's, a, it's pretty equal measure like but what i mean is like if we if we tell a funny story about like that that story about you having a threesome we maybe got 10 messages specifically about that bit and then we'll get 10 messages about something else from the same episode and we'll get 10 messages about something else from the same episode we've had over 500 well i've had over 500 messages about my mum like it's unbelievable the amount of people who've got in touch about it um but especially with with mental health at the moment, the the it's, other, it's yeah it's 
Is that what you want to talk about now? Or do you want to, do you want I to think talk so. about that? No, I think I, we, we'll get to that email in a second, which has sort of been the catalyst for us doing this episode today. So what we want to talk about, on a recent episode, I was quite sort of um, visceral and angry with sort of the idea of a second lockdown coming. Now, I just want to say before we start talking about this, we're not experts and we're not pretending to be. And I'm not, I, I don't know anything apart from the things I see on my Facebook and my Twitter. I don't really look into that much stuff. I don't. So don't listen to this and take it as advice. Don't listen to this and take it as factual. Don't listen to this and take it as read. It's it's not. This is... I'm influenced by the same social media bubble that everyone else is. And there's a reason that the, the right... or Everyone on the right wing thinks everyone on the left is an idiot. And there's a reason that everyone on the left thinks everyone on the right is a racist or whatever. It's because... The, the information you see is not being seen by the other side. Go and watch. There's a new Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma, and it'll show you how we're all being influenced and how these bubbles and living in a bubble works. It's absolutely terrifying, and it makes me fear for the future because you only really see stuff that you're going to like. That's all you get shown. You only... it's There's so much confirmation it's bias. an echo chamber. An echo chamber is exactly the right word. So none of this is overly researched. None of it is, right? Now, I'm against a new full lockdown. And the reason I'm against it is based on the information I've seen. I'm sure there's information that I haven't seen, which means that a lockdown should absolutely happen. And should, th there's there's no way that we should be opening comedy clubs and letting 200 people go into a room that fits 200 people. I'm sure that information's there. I haven't seen it. I haven't found it. The reason I think that another lockdown is because I'm listening to me mates. I'm listening to the owners of comedy clubs who've worked hard for decades to put their comedy clubs in a position where they can be just about profitable. And now they're getting no help from the government uh, in staying open. And the government are essentially going, no, you can stay open because we don't want to give you any more money. But you need to, we're going to make it as difficult as possible for you to run. The big thing with a second lockdown for me is, and again, you know, I'm not saying I'm an expert here, is p the effect it will have on people's mental health. Now, the first lockdown for me was, um, you know, it was okay. I had a girlfriend at the time. If you're a regular listener, you'll know. Uh, I recently broke up with her, which is absolutely the right decision. I'm happier. She's happier. Our lives are going to be better for us being apart. And there's no ill feeling between me and Jade. There really isn't. But it, it was time for that to end. A big part of why I survived the first part of lockdown is because I had her there. Like, you know, we, we were drifting apart from being in love, but we still, you know, we I still loved I still loved her. It just wasn't a romantic thing we're anymore. We're still friends. Yeah, and we were a support network for each other. And I, I've suffered for years with anxiety. Um, I hope Jade won't mind me saying that she's, well, I know she won't, uh, has suffered badly with depression. And I learned how to deal with her depression. She learned how to deal with my anxiety. And we really needed each other in that first lockdown. Another thing that did help me, as tough as the lockdown, the shutdown daily episodes of this podcast were, having this, having an outlet to be funny was massive for me. The lack of gigs was draining me. I need gigs. I make jokes about it on stage now. You get used to it as a comedian. You get used to people clapping and cheering every time you say something funny. And it's a, it's the same as drugs. It's exactly the same as drugs. It has the same effect on your brain as having a fucking needle in your arm full of heroin. Because there's And there's no way to replicate it. There's no way to replicate you going, I think this is funny. And 200 people through laughter going, we do too. 
There's there's no way to replicate that feeling, and that went away. And that first lockdown, the lack of that was so difficult to deal with. And a big problem for me with the government's new approach, and it looks, you know, a lot of people are talking, oh, a second lockdown is now inevitable. It's going to come because cases are rising and stuff like that. And I get it. I totally get it. There's a deadly virus out there. There's a virus that, you know, is killing people. It's, It's taking people's lives. Loved ones are being lost. But no one in a position of power seems to be looking at the the lives that are going to be lost as a, a byproduct or as a a side effect of lockdown. Like, and it's not even about lives lost; it's about people's personality changing. We got an email this week that we both it it, it it's it, Carl was nearly crying when when he seen this email. I showed him it, and I want to read it out because, like I say, I don't know what's for the best. I don't. I don't know whether it's best to open everything up like Sweden did. Take it, take the whole virus on the chin. You know, unfortunately, that means people are going to get sick. Or to lock down completely and and try and wait for a vaccine or whatever. I don't know what the best thing to do is. I don't. But if I can see, and I'm a 28-year-old fucking idiot who doesn't look into anything, but if I can see a glaring problem with the government's approach to it, why the fuck can't they? It, there's there's problems there that no one's addressing, and this is one of them. We got an email from a lad, and he's he's given us permission to read this out on the podcast. It's the only reason we're doing it. We're not going to name him. So we got this email on the twenty first of September after a recent episode where I spoke about how the government don't seem to be looking at the fact that mental health is going to be affected by a second lockdown, and there's been nothing put in place to protect people's mental health if they're on a second lockdown, especially people who are alone as well. And I don't think this lad is alone, but I'm going to be alone now. If there's a second lockdown, I'll be locked up on my own. My bird's gone, my dog's gone. And again, that's for the right, it's for the right reasons and it's a good move. But that You feel very lonely in a busy house though, can't you? That's not, that's being being alone is a a state of mind as well. Fuck's sake. Hey, so this is the email hey so what's happening lids basically I was just listening to the latest episode of the podcast and hearing your opinions on the effect that another lockdown could have on someone's mental health and it made me think about the way it affected me as a person and the severe toll it took on my mental health to be honest thinking about it the two good things I had during shutdown I've got to stick with the shutdown Brandon so Dan's had a lot of shit for calling it a shutdown and not a lockdown it's 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 a better (laughs) it's a better explanation of what it was you weren't it wasn't a lockdown it was a shutdown (laughs) Uh, during lockdown was my relationship with my girlfriend which to be honest was rocky at the worst of times during the shutdown and the second thing being this podcast the daily uploads were something to me to look forward to each and every day and having my have a words answered gave me a little serotonin boost we're very happy that we could help you in a small way I've never personally met any of you two Uh, But due to the podcast, I honestly feel like you two are just two of me mates. Like, I know more about you than two fuckers. I know more about you two fuckers than I do about most people I know. And I feel like being a listener to this podcast is like being part of some fucked up club. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, lockdown. My mental health deteriorated quite drastically. Until the 28th of May, I attempted to take my own life in the middle of King Edward Street by the Liverpool Echoes building. So King Edward Street is in Liverpool City Centre. It's where they print the Liverpool Echo. I was at my lowest, and I'm still fairly low, uh, but I feel myself getting better slowly but surely. I've been on mental health leave from long periods for a long period of time due to the panic attacks that come with the thought of work. 
Um, <laughs> and I'm just saying, I've still been paying a tenner a month for that Patreon, boys. So this guy is being uh, laid off from work and he's still giving us a tenner a month. So what a ledge. <laughs> Basically, what I'm trying to say is the shutdown affected me to an extent where I didn't want to live a life that I actually enjoy. I'm a 17-year-old. A 17-year-old. Who before lockdown was a sociable person, but since lockdown, the thought of interacting with people fills me with fear and panic, and it's made the thought of day-to-day life that I lived before lockdown seem so far from what I'm capable of right now. So if another lockdown did happen, nothing much for me would change due to me still having self-shutdown for me to improve my mental health. But for but then for other people that are back to living their normal lives, who barely made it through the initial shutdown. The expected second lockdown will affect people and probably kill a lot more people off than that fucking COVID could ever do. But them Tory cunts who are so fucking incapable of running this country don't fucking think about this stuff until it's too fucking late. So when it eventually gets to the point where the nation is back to the second shutdown and the percentage of suicide rises and rises, it becomes more of a problem than it already is. What will the Tories do then? What will they do when it's too fucking late? That's right. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, if you want to read this or any part of it out during the podcast, then you have my full permission. Thanks a lot for helping my mental health as much as the podcast fucking could. Now, just think about that for a minute. This is a 17-year-old lad, and if you're 17 and you've got a life that you fairly enjoy and it's, you know, it's not that bad, and that initial lockdown can drive you to the point where you're trying to kill yourself in the middle of a city centre. Think about the people who if a second shutdown comes, they're going to lose their job. And, you know, they've got an ex-wife or an ex-husband and they've got kids who are dependent on them and they can't cope with the fact that they can't afford to provide child support or anything like that anymore. What I'm saying is, this young lad has come forward. He won't be the only one who's felt like that. He won't be the only one who's tried to end his own life. He won't be... He won't... His situation is not the worst situation that people are going to be in. And he's still got to the point where he felt like it was time to end it. And I don't see any help for people like this. I don't see any help for the people who are in relationships, who in abusive relationships, men and women who get fucking battered when they're at home. I don't see any help for the, the people who've lost their jobs and don't see another avenue out. I don't see any help for the people who've got mortgages, like the, the new... Uh, post furlough scheme that got announced earlier today by Rishi Sunak which is essentially we're only going to top up the wages of people who are still in work we're not going to keep paying for people whose jobs are no longer tenable I don't see any help for these people I don't I don't see I, I don't see a way that the government are trying to look at this side of it and you can't put the country as far as I'm concerned and again I'm not an expert I don't really know what I'm talking about but I just it's, I think it's important that I don't know what I'm talking about and it's important that I haven't looked into it because most people don't. Most people don't. And when we're talking about a whole country, you, you have to look at what most people are like. You have to look at working class people who are, are going to be fucked as a result of this, who are going to lose their jobs and have got kids as dependent on them who are getting their information the same way that I am and the same way a lot of you do which is from the bubble that they're in and from the echo chamber that they're in and if I can't see a way for a 52 year old man with a mortgage 
and a wife and a kid who's just lost his job if he <laughs> who's already got mental health issues who's already struggled through the first six months of this year who knows we're about to go into a recession and doesn't have a job if I can't see how he's going to see the end of the tunnel how can he because I'm in a very privileged position that I've got this and I've got him and I've got my best mate and I work with them all and I've got a you know I've got a good life and I, th- like that email made me cry I imagine a lot of you listening to it you know are, are upset by that a 17 year old I, I, I don't if the government are going to put us into a second lockdown they need to think about this they need to think about the people who aren't going to see a way out what are they going to do where's the help and if journalism could fucking pull their socks up as well and start reporting things responsibly and like not using clickbait when it comes to pandemics, viruses and national lockdowns because it generates an awful fear around it. People have already started panic buying toilet roll. You fucking morons! How can we be doing that again? And it's and it's partly because of journalism. And there are some good journalists out there. But for the love of fuck, can yes. we stop saying that people, 50,000 people, have died from COVID? Because that isn't true. They've died with COVID. Or after a positive test. That's with... So COVID... Is in this. It's not the cause of death, and it all generates this awful, like whirlwind of fear, and then we're and we're back in the same place, panic buying, and also people using, like, l- literally looking around, going, "Well, there was a sh- the lockdown, so there should be a lockdown." Like, we need to, as adults, go, "Hang on, well, what what's right and what's wrong?" Rather than just being like, "Oh, people are dying, we need to lock down," do we? Do do we? And and at what point of a government do does a government need to be challenged? I'm not an anti-masker. I've worn my mask everywhere. I'm all for restrictions. I, I, I literally it, the restrictions in shopping, in 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 bars, in restaurants. If that needs to happen, social distancing and masks, fine. But you've got to let people trade. You've got to let people earn. You've got to let people live their lives. Because if you take all of these away, it's not just stopping a virus, it's taking away a support system of people's existence, old people, vulnerable people, just young people who aren't in a setup that they want to be in. Kids in flats in London who are with like abusive alcoholic parents. Locking it all down is such an easy fucking option when you are a wealthy owner of a five bedroom property with a big fat fucking garden. It's not easy for everyone. Oh my God, I cannot believe we're even to ha- having this conversation. And also, <laughs> I know it's it, it's basically impossible to ask this with fucking politicians, but just be honest. Because you're tying yourselves up in so many... And I say years as if they're fucking watching this. They're tying themselves up in, in so much fucking hypocrisy and, like, contradictory fucking policies. Oh... Like, do you, know, you know, we're all sick of them. You tweeted about it. The same jokes about, oh, well, yeah, COVID doesn't come out till 10 o'clock and that's why, whatever. That's why everywhere's shut at 10. That's fucking stupid, isn't it? I understand it. I get it. After 10 o'clock, people tend to be more drunk. They do. And that means they're going to mingle more and people are going to be kissing in nightclubs. And I get it. Come out and say that. 
explain to people why you're putting these policies in place because to, to the layperson, to the people who don't look past the fucking headline and every fucking journalist knows that that's how people work as well and that's why clickbait articles work because people just look at the headline and go, that's, that's, that's a fact and then you read the article and it's not but so many people just read the headline. Tell people why you're doing this. We're shutting at 10 o'clock because we know after 10 o'clock people are more drunk and this and that and that. But then explain that that outweighs the fact that at 10 o'clock now, every single person in the pub is going to be fighting for the same taxis, getting on the same fucking tube home, the same train home, the same bus home. It looks fucking stupid to all of us. It seems idiotic. And I'm, look, I'm very, very left-wing in, in political policy. I am. And I always, I think I always will be, you know. I've been, I've been called a right wing comedian before, which I think is hilarious, just because I say things on stage that I don't mean that I think are funny. Um, yeah, because your politics isn't your jokes. No, which people, it isn't, and it fucking shouldn't people be. People can't Comedy. make the difference. People have watched this podcast and go, "Oh my god, are they alt right?" You're like, "Oh fucking listen for more to than quote forty minutes." The fucking great Dave Chappelle, who's just won an Emmy again for his stand up special Sticks and Stones. Comedy should get to be itself. Comedy is comedy. It's not. A fucking political statement. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is. This is, but this, <laughs> but this isn't fucking comedy, is it? If anyone's just picked up the podcast and just thought, well, I'll let them just talk waffle for 25 minutes, then I'll see how funny it gets. This one been more of a sort of a opinion-based piece. <laughs> um, Do you know the curfew, though? Yeah. It can seem nonsensical. I actually think some of these policies are pretty fucking obvious, isn't it? You can't have more than six people in a house... When did you decide that policy? About uh, 48 hours before Freshers' Week at some universities. Can kind of see it. It's so transparent. I can see it. With Just say it. But with the curfew, it makes sense. People get hammered and then they're stupid. That's absolutely fine. I I get these restrictions. They're not forever. They're, but the, the constant threat of this full lockdown... Christ almighty. How is that even And if we can see cards? it, how can't they? If you... The point we're trying to make, if you're suffering with your mental health, if the threat of this lockdown, which none of us want, is looming large, if you listen to this podcast, if you watch this YouTube channel, we're not going to be able to fix it, but keep listening. We're going to try and be as honest with the stuff we get in and in our lives and the situation and any lockdown or any fucking restrictions. But also, we're going we're gonna to signpost some help. So in the YouTube explanation on the on the podcast explanation for the audio we'll signpost some help to to websites to groups you probably know these already and i'll say what i said again a couple of episodes ago just reach out either to us or reach out on twitter where a lot of our followers are or at have a word pod and just at us in and then we will the we'll best maybe way, retweet the best it. To, there is a little community here isn't yeah, there there of, really of is and the, the, the core listeners of this podcast are very fucking supportive of each other they all follow each other now it's it's, it's quite ridiculous but have a word pod at gmail.com I'm going to make a concerted effort to make this one of my priorities going forward um, especially if a uh, second lockdown does come and we're, we're, you know, we're halfway there with the new restrictions and whatever have a word pod at gmail.com as I say, we get hundreds and hundreds of messages. I'm going to do my absolute very best, even if it's just a one-sentence reply. I'll try and do more. I'm going to try and reply to every message we get about mental health as long as it comes to the email. We haven't replied to that lad yet who sent that email because I wanted to get it out on here first, and I know it'll mean a lot to him that we've read it out. I'm going to reply to him before I even leave here today. Um, I shot him something back. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's thinking, 
you should maybe have shot something back. I did straight away. Just yeah, a no, quick, I, I, just I, a quick one. I seen you'd done that. Um, I uh, <laughs> and it's not just mental health, you know. <laughs> it's it's something I think about a lot now. Um, and something I never we've sort of joked about it on this podcast, but the <laughs> it seems so innocuous to people who don't understand it. But even like that that thing that happened at the start of this year when. You know, I put that selfie on fucking Twitter outside McDonald's. That blew, that was the the biggest effect on my mental health that I think anything's ever had about from like family tragedy. The fact that I thought people fucking hated me because because they misunderstood that story. It was awful. Just try and be nicer to people. Twitter's a spe- like Twitter's are one of our biggest followings apart from like YouTube now. Twitter's so horrible at times, and people really want to get angry as quick as they can, and you're taking it out on people, and you. It's it's so easy to do because you don't actually have to see the person's face react to what you're saying. Um, just try and be a bit nicer. There's so many people um, going through something that you haven't got a fucking clue about. Do you know what I mean? There's someone with bad mental health issues or physical health issues. Like, I want to tell you the story about a girl I spoke to the other night. So, there's a girl. She's a fan of my stand-up. Um, I'm not going to name her. But uh, she's been a fan of my stand-up for a while. She's followed me for a while. And um, she sent me a message about, like, just replying to, like, a joke I'd made or something. And then, weirdly, I went on Instagram. And I follow her on Instagram. I follow a lot of people back if they send me a a few messages because I know people sort of like that when... uh, No, you don't. He's a prick. If I I have an interaction with someone, I know that, like, to them... I'm someone that whose work they enjoy and I know like people like getting followed back. So I if I do have a conversation with people, I do tend to do that. And I'd done that a while ago with this girl. And uh she'd put a picture up. Or three actually. And a company in the post had said, You uh <laughs> look at these three pictures, and it was two photos of her looking very pretty and smiling. And the third one just it looked like a scan of like a thing. And uh it had just come up on my Instagram just as I'd been talking to her. So I just went, hey, I'm... Because it, it post said, just because someone is smiling doesn't mean they're not suffering with someone else on the inside. From these photos, you can see it looks like I'm the happiest I've ever been. Happiest and healthiest I've ever been. And uh, that's not always necessarily the truth. And then the picture of what looked like this scan with something wrong. I couldn't quite make out what it was. So I messaged her and I was like, hey, listen, uh, I'm sorry to make if this is a bit if you don't want to talk about this or whatever but you have posted about it I'm just wondering what that third picture is because I can't make out what it is and she said well it's actually a cyst that's on me windpipe um, and you know she, <laughs> she she told me how she got it I'm not going to go into that because I don't think that's fair um, but she she's got a cyst on her windpipe from so part part of her body had been pushed in to her windpipe and it's stuck in it and it, her sister's then grown on it and she's had it removed a couple of times um, she's only young she's younger than me I think and she got told very recently that eventually this cyst is going to take her life and it's Jesus she got told that a couple of months ago she's had to make arrangements she's uh, she's had to make her will she's got two young kids and she said I haven't told my kids because I want them to, I'm trying to be as happy as I can for them and I was like look I think what you're doing is fucking incredible I had no idea you know you were going through something like this and the fact you're trying to be there for you she was like well I want my kids to remember all happy times and then when this happens they'll just have to deal with it rather than deal with it 
while it's happening. That's what my mum did. Which is a very, very brave thing to do and a very selfless thing to do. To, and she hasn't told many of her friends about this um, until, like, recently. Um, and I just... I sent her my number and I said, listen, let's be friends. And... Because she said she was struggling to tell her friends about it or talk about it with people she really knows. And I was like, look, if you get to the end of your day and you... Uh, and you just need to rant or be upset, you can text me. And if it's three o'clock in the morning, I'm often still awake playing FIFA or something and I'll talk to you because I know how hard that can be. And I also know how easy, how much easier it can be to talk to a stranger than someone close to you at times. It's weird how that works. Yep. You feel really difficult telling like, like if I found out I had a, a bad health issue, I'd find it so much easier to say it on stage than sit me dad down and tell him. I, I just would. Yeah, so why support groups are often with strangers. Yeah. Because telling someone you love you you're wrapped up in a very complicated personal relationship with them there's layers there's history telling a stranger who's going through something similar is so simple it's it's straight to the point yeah it's, it's the issue so i'm talking to her and i was like you know this is i think it's um and she's saying i'm just doing what any mum would do and that's absolutely not true i think you know some people would really struggle to deal with what she's dealing with at such a young age um and they've basically said if they tried to take what's blocking your windpipe out and it went wrong she would die on the table and there's nothing anyone could do um, and th that's the only way they could permanently remove the cyst because every time they remove it it grows back this is uh, this is my understanding of it anyway again I'm not a fucking expert on this stuff um, so she's been told you know we don't know the rate of speed at which this is going to grow and it, it's going to completely block your windpipe but we think that will eventually happen and she's going to see a specialist tomorrow I believe to uh, see if there's any any more options but essentially she's been told it could be two weeks it could be three days it could be six months it could be four years but eventually this is going to take her life um and you know she then then she said i'm, I'm sorry about whinging uh, she went tell me tell me what's been happening with you or whatever and I was like, I oh, thank fuck you've asked. I've, Jesus, fucking banging on about. <laughs> me, me, me. Sisty, sisty, sisty. Let me tell you, I got a parking ticket the other day <laughs> and I'm fuming. Well, I, you know. Like, like you'd be able to fully fucking bang on about, ah, burnt me dinner. <laughs> uh, I went to, look, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. And she was like, no, like, I, I like hearing other people's problems and talking to them because it makes me feel better or whatever she said. I was like, look, my life's, you know, okay at the minute. You know, I'm a bit pissed off about gigs maybe disappearing, but that's my big complaint. I went through a breakup recently, but it was my decision and it's a good decision or whatever. Um, and then she was like, well, thanks for sending me on. And she sent me a text. And uh, then she said, uh, have you ever fucked a girl who's dying? No! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god Hospice sex Let's fucking do it <laughs> And she said um, The thing is At the minute uh, All the men in my life Who I've sort of Spoke to about this Have said they're scared To fuck me In case they kill me during Because um, I like being choked And you know That's very dangerous At the minute Yeah and probably was, Probably not Don't want a blowjob um, But I'll I'll go funny Well I was I was just like You know I'll go funny Like the thing is If I fucked you to death I'd get a fucking bang In stand up shows of that <sighs> In my head, I was like, I wonder how long we can have a serious conversation for because we're clocking half an hour. Do you know the thing is, though? Everything. Don't dare press that bell. I will show you the text messages after this. I believe you. This is all true. 
And she said, have you ever fucked a dying girl? And I actually said, well, I haven't fucked a dying girl, but I did fuck a girl who died three days later. I've ever told you this story. You do, you've told it on the pole, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was like, what happened there? And then I was like, see, that would be, that would start to look suspicious, wouldn't it? If I yeah, fucked you. Yeah, that, that's form. Yeah. And this is evidence. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. Um, Have you ever fucked a dying girl? No, because the police just keep turning up to the... <laughs> the crash scene <laughs> <laughs> they're really quick you know just as I get hard I hear ambulances and fucking fire engines <laughs> and then people are getting out of the wreckage <laughs> oh god maybe that should have stayed in my head yeah and then uh, have you ever fucked a dying and she girl? was like I, I was gonna so those secret Sunday shows that I've been running in Liverpool you know the gigs <laughs> um, she was like so I just love how people make jokes out of tragedies you know what I mean so she's just such a young girl and she was like uh, so um <laughs> You know that secret Sunday show you're doing? I nearly booked tickets for it, but I don't know whether I'm A, going to be in hospital or alive by the time it comes round. <laughs> I can't get a refund when I'm dead. <laughs> that's so nut. That's so scows, isn't it? Like, fucking hell. I would buy tickets, but I've been given like four days to live. <laughs> Did you refunds if I've passed away? <laughs> and I was like, look, listen. I was like, the show is sold out, but if you're still around when that gig happens then I will sort you two, three, four, five, six however many tickets you want I will get you in and even if that means someone with tickets turns up and the venue go you can't have them all in I will pay someone to fuck off because you deserve to <laughs> yeah, come to mate. a comedy show and she went does this work on all the girls right and I nearly because I knew she could take a joke I typed out only the dying ones and I couldn't do it I shit out I deleted it and then she put or oh, just the dying ones oh mate and I went oh I was about to say that and she was like you're a fucking shit out and I've heard you talk about stand up and you should be allowed to make any joke and you should have went for it you shit out bitch oh mate she I ripped love me it. for the rest of the night can I just say with all this 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 talk of lockdown of mental health of suicide and, and, and all the shit that people are going through and now this this has been a particularly heavy episode and we mean it we know we're trying to entertain you while we're doing this podcast, while we're doing this YouTube show. Genuinely get in touch. <laughs> but and also, this last one is a bit too specific. You can't be like, <laughs> Dear Adam and Dan, <laughs> just found out I've got a big fucking tumour in one of my flaps. I've got flap cancer. I've always had big flaps, but... Now the left one's fucking massive. I'm going to wear really big knickers and I'm, I'm, I'm walking slightly to the left. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Can you imagine? Here's the thing. What I, I, but, but will you fuck me? <laughs> like, well, here, not... Here's the thing, look. Like, I, I haven't told Dan about this yet, um, but you know, I knew we were coming here to do this today. I was hoping I was going to get to tell that story. Um, and she, she kind of gave me permission to do so. And, you know, lockdown is coming. Our gigs are going to be disappearing. And we are adding a £100 uh, Patreon tier where I will fuck you if you're really upset. Um, but he's, it's going to happen with this music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay me to come round. Hell, girl, that's a big flap. Um, if you want Dan to be there, 
he can be there, but he can't get involved because he, he, he is married. No, yeah. um, but I mean, for a hundred pound, I will fuck anyone, dying or not. Also, someone's got to hold the camera, aren't they? Yeah. Patreon content. Yeah, they the video of the sex will go on patreon.com slash have a word pod. Uh, you can sign up for three, five, ten, or now a hundred pound a month. Um the slow-mo of that creeped me out, you know. You can't fuck quickly to to <laughs> this music. Put it back on. No one's like Oh shit, Adam! Oh my god, Adam! You, you've banged her too hard. <laughs> Seriously though, I'll like, get some kitchen roll. Imagine if you fucked someone and they died, Jordan. Like, what would like? Right, haven't look. I've got messages from this girl. Let's say, I, let's say I do this for her. You know, like a make a wish thing. Right, some people want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> What? You're not a dolphin. <laughs> Could you imagine if that bit, if that became a thing? Like, oh, little little Barry, what do you want to do? I know you've only got two months to live. What do you want to do? Do you want to sw swim with dolphins? No, I fucking hate dolphins. They rape me cunts. I want to bang comedian Adam Rowe. Why has it got to be a fucking child called Barry? This is a lovely you know adult woman. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm just saying. I'm just thinking, right? Adult women don't usually swim with dolphins. I suppose you know. But look, I'm a single guy. What if you right? want to fuck a dolphin? Recently single, and uh, this girl, you know, she's into me. You know, she like she likes me stand up. Yeah. Fan of the podcast. Hmm. You know. Yeah. I, some people want to go to Disneyland. Some people want to swim with dolphins. Some people want to meet the fa favorite footballer. This and some Disneyland. people. And some people want to jump on the roadie, right? The roadie. The roadie. <laughs> The roadie. The roadie. The roadie. The roadie. Right. Yeah. The roadie for Dick. Yeah. The roadie. The roadie. <laughs> right. Right. So, because I've I've got all the messages that I sent to her, that I, I've screenshotted them so she can't delete them. Right. Yeah. So, and we've got this now as well as evidence. So, if what I... What are you going to do? Just, I'm telling you. Go on. Right. So, let's say I go, look, right? I'm a nice guy. I need some good karma. I'll come and fuck you one last time. Charity dick. Yeah. Charity dick. Make a dick foundation. <laughs> right. Make your cum foundation. Go on. I just want to talk this out. Yeah. So let's say I fuck her and she dies. Right. Because I get a bit too fucking. No. Right. None of that. Just, just dick. That's for it. Oh. Just you can choke her ankle. Okay. Right. So her ribs. But let's say like. <laughs> let, let, let's say. I'm fucking going for it. Right. Giving it the full, and she like bites the pillow and the dies, full two sixty, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she can't breathe because she's struggling anyway. Yeah, right. What What's my first move there? Do you know what I mean? Do I call the police? Do I call you? Do a selfie video for Patreon? Well, yeah. Don't do a McDonald's Twitter moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, it's fucking. <laughs> To, it's ten to five in the morning, and this bitch has died. And then the whole of Evertonian Twitter gets on. Like, is, does she work at a fucking McDonald's? <laughs> she better not work at a fucking McDonald's, you fucking swat. <laughs> Adam Rose fucks a minimum wage fourteen-year-old outside McDonald's in Penrith to death. With You're trying chick. to get me on no context, have a word. <laughs> oh. If anyone. 
has listened to the last 15 minutes of this where we've spoke about uh, that girl and I, I still won't name her. She's going to listen to the podcast. If you are upset oh. by anything we've said, sure. I want you to have a word with yourself. <laughs> oh, uh, yes! That's she, how you broadcast. She will be fucking delighted when she hears that. She's got a very sick sense of humour. She's fucking wonderful. Um, and I'm just hoping that she gets some news from a specialist. Uh, that means she's going to be all right. But if she isn't, she's got this. All right. Which is, you know, massive, such a, such massive a, love to such her. Such a really good thing that we've done, actually. We're such good people. Um, <laughs> I don't like the podcast. And everyone who's emailed in, keep them coming. And whatever's coming in the next month, two months, three months, like we said back in March, we'll get through it together. And look, there's every chance that people will see this episode that haven't seen anything else before <laughs> because you know the type of stuff we've talked about maybe this is it's a slight step away from what we we do in the most part of other things and if if you found this episode and you're like do you know what i want more from those guys then you should only really be judging that on the last 15 minutes <laughs> 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 like if fucking girls to death is your thing then subscribe to have a weird pod <laughs> on youtube um uh let's um let's call this a uh a little random pod I think people uh, are going to enjoy this uh, thank you if if look just yeah it can't all be shtick and like it, you almost feel bad because we've been so funny like tried to be funny been honest like enjoyed doing it when you've got a genuine opinion and you're just trying to answer an email you almost feel as a comedian like oh goodness me but uh, we just do what we do don't we and if people like it and obviously they do they're still on board so uh yeah, have a word pod at gmail.com. We'll signpost some stuff about mental health yeah. and well being in uh, the descriptions. And, All uh, correspondence to have a word pod at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this, then go and check out some other stuff. We've got some great episodes with some great guests. Um, they're, they're, they're all, all the guest episodes are on YouTube. Uh, and if you want to go through the whole back catalogue, you need to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pod, a podcast uh, app, sort of thing. I need a wee. Why are you talking about your dick? I need a wee. Oh, um, so look after your mental health. Don't kill yourself, but I need a piss. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I would say if you've just found this episode and gone, I really want to know whether this is my type of thing. Go and watch the episode with Eshan Akbar, and if you still like it after that, fire. Then you're on board, and we'll see you very soon. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. <laughs>